Well, welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, husband, father of nine, founder of Familius, fly fisherman, and outdoor enthusiast living in the beautiful California Central Valley. For the video of this podcast, please view it on the Familius YouTube channel. We welcome today's guest, Adina Oberman. Adina is a former preschool teacher and mom of two young children. For over 15 years, she's helped families through the ups and downs of early childhood. She loves sharing her knowledge of early childhood education and her passion for great children's literature. She's the creator of Big Books for Little Hands, a site that connects parents and educators to the best books for navigating the challenges of life with kids. She has a master's degree in early childhood education and is certified in early childhood special education. Adina is currently part of the Familius marketing team. Today, we're exploring Jewish holidays to help families expand and celebrate cultural and religious awareness. This podcast aligns with the Familius habits, love together, play together, eat together, and learn together. You can learn more about the Familius 10 Habits of Happy Families by going to the Habit Hub blog on Familius.com. Adina, as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You definitely have the uh, love together, eat together part right on this one. All Jewish holidays have lots of, well, most Jewish holidays have lots of delicious food and it's part of the celebration. Well, that's wonderful. And we are looking forward to learning more about that. Now, so I've heard this term high holidays. For those of us who don't have any understanding of this, could you explain the Jewish holidays that happen during this time of year? Absolutely. So there are a lot of Jewish holidays that happen in the fall, and there's sort of one right after the other. And it begins with Rosh Hashanah, or you'll hear people say Rosh Hashanah, and that is the Jewish New Year, and it celebrates the new year and renewal of everything and also a time of reflection and just thinking about how you can make the year ahead better. And then that's quickly followed by Yom Kippur, or you might hear people say Yom Kippur. And that is the day of atonement when Jewish people all over the world think about all of the things they may have done throughout the year that they're sorry for, or that they may want to change. And we literally ask God and our friends and family, all those around us for forgiveness. And we hope that God will inscribe us in what we call the book of life for the following year if we are sincere in our wishes to be better this year. That's a very solemn holiday. There's for healthy Jewish people over 13, you can fast and in not eating and drinking, you are showing that you are sincere in your wishes to be better. Children don't have to fast. And once that holiday is over, everybody's very happy because they can go back to eating. And that's followed by the holiday of Sukkot, which is a holiday in which people build a a temporary hut outside of their homes. And they it's like a harvest celebration. And they have meals in their sukkah or their, their hut. And if weather permits, you can even sleep. And it's just a really beautiful holiday all about community and and celebration. And then right after that is the holiday of Simchat Torah, or people might pronounce it Simchas Torah, which is a celebration of reading the Torah or the 
the Old Testament on the scroll. And by this holiday, you'll have it, it marks a whole year and you'll, you'll have finished reading it. And so it's just a celebration of having finished that. And it's um, just a fun, a fun holiday, lots of eating, lots of fun for the family. So that's a great overview. Now, let's talk about two in specific. So Rosh Hashanah, how do you pronounce that again? You can say Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. Mm -hmm. So you say that that's a happy holiday. So give us an idea of what makes that so happy and what do you do to celebrate that? Yeah, it's a holiday that marks the new year, similar to just the, the new year that we celebrate on January 1st. It's a time of considered to be like a time of renewal and rebirth. And people celebrate by dipping apples into honey because it's a sweet, a sweet thing to eat. And it's supposed to be traditional to bring a sweet new year ahead. And yeah, just in, just like all Jewish holidays, families get together and they eat and some families go to synagogue and, and gather as a community. Okay. And then Yom, you say Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur. That's a solemn solemn holiday. What I love about what you said is that this is a very specific time when people can consider what the offenses they might have given to family and friends, to God, the world around them. And and do they, I assume that they seek for forgiveness to be reconciled to their friends and family in some specific way? Absolutely. So for the for people that go to synagogue. Many of the prayers for Yom Kippur are specifically about asking for forgiveness and being aware of things specifically that that they want to fix and that they may have done. And it is traditional to ask friends and family to please forgive you for things that you may have done either purposely or by accident that may have um, harmed them or hurt them. I actually, my older sister calls every single year to actually ask ask me and my siblings to forgive her for any harm she may have done. And I always smile, but it is actually a reflection of real tradition and, and real intention to correct any wrongs that may have happened. And I think it's a really beautiful tradition because it's it's very easy, especially with your family, to sort of let those little transgressions add up. And it's just a very nice way of sort of coming full circle and and starting fresh. Right. I love the word reconciled reconcile comes from the latin re which means again and then consile is consigliare which is latin latin which means uh, to be friendly and so basically when we were reconciled with each other we become friends again and that you have a very specific tradition that allows you to reconcile and be friends and family again regardless of the things that might have happened in the past what a wonderful habit and tradition to have in a culture to have a specific day where we can or time that we can we know that we need to reconcile with those around us. Now, many of us might not know how to appropriately greet our Jewish friends when they're celebrating. Can you help us with that? Sure. For Rosh Hashanah, you can say Happy New Year to anyone celebrating. Jewish people might greet each other by saying Shana Tova, which just literally means good year or have a good year. For Yom Kippur, if if you're greeting somebody who may be observing, you can say, have an easy fast, or I wish you a meaningful fast. You might also want to ask them when they're breaking their fast so that you could come over and, and share the uh, the celebratory meal. And most Jewish homes guests are always welcome. So yeah, and in general, if you're greeting someone on any Jewish holiday, you can say, 
It's called Chag Sameach, which means happy holiday. And people use that for any happy holiday. Okay, wonderful. Now let's get to the food because I mean, eat together is a very important habit for our helping families be happy, 10 habits of happy families. So when you have these celebratory meals, what's included? Help us understand what, what the recipes are, what the foods are. Let's, let's let our mouths water a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, food is a huge part of many Jewish holidays. And yes, for Rosh Hashanah, you definitely will find a lot of sweeter type dishes. So there's a special um, blessing that is said during the Rosh Hashanah meal when apples are dipped in honey to, to symbolize that sweetening year and to wish us a sweet year ahead. On the Sabbath, Jewish families will eat a challah, which is a braided bread. But on Rosh Hashanah, the challah will be um, braided into a round shape. And some challahs will even have raisins in them to sweeten them. So also symbolizing a sweet new year. And then it really varies from house to house. In my family, we have matzo ball soup. We have the famous brisket that everybody loves, which is like a pot roast. And it really just depends on your your family's tastes and, and their traditions. And trying to think of, of what else. Yeah, the, the braided challah and the apples and honey are really the, the biggest thing, depending on if your family is Ashkenazic, which is Eastern European versus Sephardic, which is more Spanish families from, um, from originally from Spain. You may have different kinds of foods. It really just really just depends. It sounds like some of the food is actually symbolic in nature. Like you say, the, the apples and honey is a symbolic of, of representing sweet new year. And, and maybe the, even the challah bread in a circle might mean have something to do with the, the eternal round. I'm not sure. Absolutely. It symbolizes you know, sort of coming full circle and exactly what you said, just the completion of the circle coming around to another year. Well, that's so wonderful. Now, what about children? So how do you help your children embrace these cultural traditions? I'm so glad you asked that because I think as a parent, it can sometimes be challenging to, to find ways that are appropriate. So food is always a great way to involve your kids, whether it's preparing food with them or just sitting down when you're eating and asking them questions and explaining why you're eating what you're eating. Those are some really easy ways to bring your children into the celebration and to help them feel connected to their heritage and to their family. Another great way is to read books, as you know. So any books about the Jewish holidays are great and they really help make these sort of these concepts that can be a little bit abstract it makes them more complete. So if you're a child, you you don't really understand necessarily what it means to have it be a new year or what even what feeling sorry means. But when you add in some stories and children can see these concepts in on, on the pages of a book, if they begin to start to internalize it, right? Even our youngest kids, even if they don't totally understand or even if they're not super verbal, the exposure of, of learning about their culture and their heritage is laying that foundation for them to feel connected and to sort of understand. My favorite thing to suggest to everyone is for any Jewish holiday, there is a tremendous free, totally free resource available to anyone. And that is an organization called PJ Library. And PJ Library is a nonprofit and they have tremendous resources that are available to everyone. They send you if you sign up, they will send you, your child, your grandchild, free Jewish books 
every single month and typically they're seasonal. So with Rosh Hashanah just having happened, I got a whole bunch of books in the mail that were age appropriate for my kids, all about Rosh Hashanah. And then I'll be continuing to get more books ahead of all the next holidays. They also have a really fantastic website with ideas for activities that you can do, simple recipes that you can share with your kids, songs. Sometimes songs are the most simple and easy way to bring your kids in because you can play it when you're in the car, you can play it while while you're cooking, while you're while kids are playing, while you're preparing food and it just kind of brings in that extra element of bringing Jewish culture and bringing their identity to their ears. So I always tell people go to PJ Library and check it out because you'll find something to do that works for your family whether you're a super religious family, a not so super religious family, if your family has multiple faiths, there's something really for everyone and kids of all ages. Oh, that's wonderful. So you shared a lot of information that helps us better appreciate Jewish culture and traditions, some of the, the symbolism that is aligned with these traditions, how to get children involved in your own culture, as well as help us understand how we can help our children get involved in the unique culture that we might have, and provided some specific resources that we can look up to help us be better educated, knowledgeable about the Jewish culture and Jewish holidays. What a great opportunity. So is there anything else you feel like you want to share with our audience about what that what we should know? Absolutely. Sometimes it can feel overwhelming to think that you have to bring this whole identity to your child and that like you, if you're maybe don't have family around or maybe your experience is kind of limited, it can feel very overwhelming to say, Hey, how am I going to start from scratch celebrating these holidays? Or I only really know about some of them, but not all. And my advice would be to find a JCC or a Jewish community center. They're located all over the United States and just about every state. And they have usually programming for all ages and for all levels of observance, observance, which is really great because even if you're not affiliated with a synagogue, you can still be a part of the Jewish community in a way that's meaningful to you. I know as a kid, I spent all of the Jewish holidays in synagogue doing long services, which for, for kids can, can be difficult, but there are so many things that you can do if you're not affiliated with a synagogue. You can still be a part of the community and still help your child build that strong Jewish identity and, and feel like they're they're a part of of something big and important. And children need to feel part of something big and important because they are big and important. Right. Well, Adina, thank you so much for taking time to, to join us today. Now, where can our guests find you or connect with you online? Sure. The best place is on Instagram. My handle is the letters BBL and then the word hands. So BBL hands, big that stands for big books for little hands. Or you can head to bigbooksforlittlehands.com and you can find links to articles about all different types of books. I always love to include posts about books for Jewish holidays, which can be sometimes hard to find. So definitely head over there. And if you have a specific need for a book, whether it is a milestone, a particular early childhood milestone or a Jewish holiday or any kind of challenge, you can email me at bigbooksforlittlehands.com at gmail.com. And I would love to help you out. 
Wonderful. Well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familias for the support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you chose a book from Familias. One step at a time, one tradition at a time, we can make the world a happier place. 